Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The National Football Foundation is really the force for football to preserve the past, promote the present, prepare for the future, and protect the game. And we go inside the hallow halls of the NFF with the president and CEO right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field. Protect us. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Welcome to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith. Send me a topic or question on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. Do you know the number one source for all your betting needs? <laughs> it's Bet Online. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. But remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. Founded in 1947 with early leadership from General Douglas MacArthur, legendary Army coach Earl Red Blake, and immortal journalist Grantland Rice, the National Football Foundation and College Football Hall of Fame is a nonprofit educational organization that runs programs designed to use the power of amateur football in developing scholarship, citizenship, and athletic achievement in young people. With 120 chapters in 47 states, the foundation's programs include the selection and induction of members of the College Football Hall of Fame, the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, the William V. Campbell Trophy, and so much more. That's why I'm excited to have my special guest on the show, Steve Hatchell, president and CEO of the National Football Foundation and the College Football Hall of Fame Incorporated. Thanks for joining me, Mr. Hatchell. Chris, nice to be with you. And wow, you've had an amazing career prior to the National Football Foundation, including commissioner of three different leagues, the Big Eight, Metro, and Southwest Conferences, executive director of the FedEx Orange Bowl, just to name a few. Which was the most rewarding, and what did you learn most along that amazing journey? Well, you know, I get asked that question from time to time, Chris, and I'm not sure. I, um, I have been uh, absolutely and completely blessed uh, with the opportunity that seemed like every five or six years uh, I get a chance to take on a new, uh, a new venture. And um, I, I, I love the people that would bring me into these positions. So I start off where um, they, they were all great. There, there were some that uh, you would say are really fun, uh, you know, but they're identified more to me, the people working with me. So when I was at the Big Eight Conference, uh, working for Chuck Ninus, who was then the head of the College Football Association. Our our team our team was uh, Bill Hancock, who's the head of the College Football sure. Playoff right now. Tom, Absolutely, Tom Starr, a great uh, a, a great bowl guy. Uh, Prentice Scott, who was the first African American to play football at Oklahoma. Doctor Prentice Scott. Um, the list goes on and on. Uh, the Lost Dodds, who went on to be the athletic director at Texas for 32 years. They have all of us on a very small staff working together 
launched us all into um, uh, positions where people would say, hey, we, we like uh, the people that were trained by Chuck Ninus, and we really liked uh, uh, the way you, way you did things. And we all had to wear a lot of hats. Uh, we were not in any silos. And um, that, that probably was the launching pad that would I would say was probably the most rewarding uh, on it because uh, to work for Chuck, you had to, you had to grow up, Chris. It was, uh, you know, all of us had been on a campus and now you're, now you're working in downtown Kansas City and it was coat and tie every day. And uh, that's how you did business. And, and uh, yeah, we just learned so much about television and organization and uh, how, to, how to run a conference. And I, probably from a rewarding standpoint, that was the very best. Yeah, well, you work with some legendary personnel and it sounds like you learned a lot from them as well. And we have on the show one of my favorite guests, Steve Hatchell, the president and CEO of the National Football Foundation and the College Football Hall of Fame. So you get to the prestigious National Football Foundation in 2005. Early in your tenure, you move the NFF offices from Morristown, New Jersey to Irving, Texas, making it the first time the organization had its headquarters outside of the New York, New Jersey corridor. Was this the signal, the foundation's desire to be more inclusive of schools from all over the country? Uh, absolutely. And in fact, uh, the, way to, uh, the way to do this was that um, we had wonderful people that were on the, on the hiring committee. And uh, uh, those people included uh, Clay Bennett, who owns the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, one of the key leaders in all of Oklahoma, uh, Chuck Ninus, John Toner. Uh, who had been an athletic director a lot of places and a lot of influence from George Steinbrenner. He'd been on the board for a long time and people didn't know that George had played and coached college football. No. And um, it meant a lot to him. So uh, once, once I got the job, I got, um, I won't say I got lectured to, but I was, it was, these are the things you should take a look at. And uh, you know, let's get the hall of fame, you know, the hall of fame in South Bend is great, but nobody goes to South Bend. And if we're going to really do this as an example of college football, let's get it to where people could see it. So we moved the Hall of Fame to uh, Atlanta, and it's now almost 10 years old in the new format, which is just wonderful. Uh, I said, get you get some guys on that board that get us get us back with powerhouse guys on the board uh, like we used to have when we started. Uh, get some guys on your staff that wore helmets. Interestingly enough, the staff that I uh, I had in Morristown, New Jersey. Wonderful people, wonderful people, very talented, very smart, but none of them had played football and none of them had gone to colleges that had football. It was a very Eastern oriented group. Mm. So then, you know, the first person I brought on board was Matthew Sign, who played at Rice. He's all Southwest Conference two years in a row at Rice, which is not easy to do. <laughs> and uh, then we took off from there. And, and then one of the key ones, Chris, was um, uh, and, and the famous line that uh, Steinbrenner had said, said, let's, let's, let's move to Texas. And I was living in Texas and he said, you like your house there in Texas. I said, yeah, George, you know that. And he said, well, we're going to, we're going to go there where football is 13 months out of the year. Exactly. And uh, we all, we all laughed. And, and one of my boys played Texas high school football and we live in a great area with great Texas high school football. And um, so uh, it was just one of the many things that, that we wanted to do. And the whole idea was to, to really, put a different light on how people looked at the football foundation that we belong to everybody to all 774 colleges and universities that play football. And I think those opened up our horizons uh, for the football foundation and our mission. 
Absolutely. The National Football Foundation and College Football Hall of Fame reinvigorates the passions of those who have always loved football and ignites a newfound appreciation in those who are just now discovering or rediscovering the game that has inspired millions of people and created countless of opportunities for personnel and professional growth. And it sounds like you definitely surround yourself with great people. And speaking of great people, another big move was in 2007 when Archie Manning, the former Ole Miss quarterback and New Orleans Saints star, became the NFF chairman. How is it working with Mr. Manning? Well, I, I probably am the biggest cheerleader in the world, and there's a lot of cheerleaders for Archie Manning. Uh, I was I was really fortunate. John Toner and I had talked. Uh, we had a we had a very good chairman, and he just wanted to do it for a couple of years, and then he moved on. and And uh, and we were talking, and again, we didn't want to look, Chris, like we were northeast based, uh, which is where the foundation was was created. Uh, heavy emphasis in the northeast. Um, but let's, why can't we look elsewhere? Sure. You uh, always hear that East coast bias, East coast bias. And, um, so, uh, Archie was on our board and I had met him and known him a little bit. Anyway, I, John Toner and I said, let's, let's have a visit with Archie. And, um, so I got on the plane and flew to new Orleans and Archie had his office at Entergy office building in, in new Orleans and asked him to be our, our chairman. And, um, I, I have to tell you, he's unique in so many ways. He, he's, um, uh, you know, he doesn't lead with an ego. In fact, you don't know he has an ego. He keeps in touch with so many people. He's, as everybody knows, it's a wonderful family that he has. Absolutely. Um, he's very, very, very close to his family. And not just not just because they're football players and all that. I mean, he, they, they just do a lot of wonderful things for a lot of people. And... Um, uh, Archie's, he's very smart. He doesn't lead, um, he doesn't lead with, uh, uh, pounding on the table in terms of leadership. He has, a, he has a very thoughtful and, and wonderful way of, uh, getting things done. And it makes it a joy and a pleasure for us, not only to say Archie's our chairman, but we get to use Archie as, uh, the backdrop. When people say they look at the foundation, they say, we, we like the way you do things. We think you do it in a classy way. And if Archie's your chairman, that has to be fine. So uh, we think that this really helps us with our agenda uh, to have Archie as a chairman. And we're very fortunate to have him uh, for, for several years now. It's been great. And we're speaking with the president and CEO of the National Football Foundation and the College Football Hall of Fame, Steve Hatchell. Check out the website, footballfoundation.org, and on Twitter at NFF Network. You recently had the foundation's Campbell Trophy Summit that inspires attendees with lessons of leadership. Why is this event so important? Keep in mind that the Football Foundation has is it's, if you looked at the foundation and looked and saw us like we're an inverted pyramid, and at the very tip of that is our commitment to protect the sport, promote the good in the sport, protect the sport, and it's all based on leadership and education. Getting a college degree, uh, becoming educated, you're creating and building a house that you're going to live in for the rest of your life. Whether you're going to play pro football, whether you're not going to do anything else, we view football as a platform by which you can get that college degree, get that diploma. And uh, th that those four years that you have in college prepare you for the next 40. And um, uh, so the summit, Bill Campbell, uh, the William B. Campbell, 
trophy goes to the top football scholar athlete in the country. And there's a lot of nominees every year for that trophy. It's a very prized uh, procedure. It's a very prized series of awards. Um, we give out you know, $300,000 at our dinner uh, to the top 15 scholar athletes and pick one for the Campbell Trophy. Wow. Well, we've now done this since uh, been giving scholar athlete awards since 1959. Bill Campbell was known as the coach of Silicon Valley. He had coached and played at Columbia. Then he was in Silicon Valley and chairman of Intuit. He was on the board of uh, Google and, and and on the board of just about Apple. You you name it. And a very very powerful but wonderful guy. And football meant a lot to him. Bill unfortunately passed away. And um, uh, led by Mark Flynn, who was a great friend of Bill's in Silicon Valley, and working at Stanford, uh, having all of this done at Stanford at the Hoover Institution, all of the past scholar-athletes that we have for the Campbell Trophy are invited to come back and to, over a three-day span of time, uh, hear from great leaders in the country, like Condoleezza Rice or the Sergey Brins or Anthony Noto of SoFi, who played at Army. Yeah, not just athletes. Yeah, the, the, that's right. And these are these are spectacular people who played, and now they are great leaders in the country. Uh, Bill McRaven, Admiral Bill McRaven, was one of the speakers this year. And then there's an awful lot of football players uh, that do uh, great things in, in life now, and um, we have them come back and talk uh, to these. So we had 300 former scholar-athletes uh, in attendance, and um, they're doctors, they're lawyers. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's like another huddle. Uh, they get back together as a team, and um, uh, it, it's it's all decades are represented, uh, all different parts of the country. You've got Harvard's right in there with with Alabama, with Navy's in there with Southern Cal. Um, it's just a cross section that all you have to do is listen to these guys talk and be around them, and you just say, "We're doing the right things in football, despite all of the chaos that's out there." Uh, the right things are being done in football. And look at these guys who, you know, played the game and, and look at the great things that they're doing now. So it's a great fun, just great fun. Sounds fantastic. And looking at some of the speakers and mentors who appeared you know, Ronnie Lott, John Lynch, Alex Smith, Steve Young, just to name a few. And it's my honor to have on the show, Steve Hatchell, the president and CEO of the national football foundation and the college football hall of fame incorporated. Now, the crown jewel of the National Football Foundation is the annual awards dinner each December in Las Vegas. For those of us that haven't been able to attend, paint the picture of what the event entails. Well, we, as you know, uh, we, when we talk about what we're doing today, we have to always look back and, and we're so fortunate. We are caretakers of a brilliant history. And uh, the Football Foundation started in 1947 and then beginning in 1959 when General Douglas MacArthur really became involved after he was a general of the army. He created the, helped create this, the annual black tie dinner in early December. And uh, this will be our 65th dinner this year. Wow. And uh, we were at the Waldorf Astoria uh, for 63 years, or yeah, excuse New York. me, 62 years in New York. And then the Waldorf closed uh, for renovations. It's still closed. So we said, uh, let's move we got a chance to go. And uh, so we take it to Las Vegas right now. And um, uh, this will be our third year coming up in Las Vegas. We'll be at the Aria Resort. And, um, you know, we get over 2,000 people that come to a black tie function to see 
the Hall of Fame class inducted uh, for that year, the official induction ceremony. They've been announced, but they, they get inducted. People love to come back and see Tim Tebow and Reggie Bush and uh, Coach Mark Rick, et cetera. And then uh, it's at that time that we do the Campbell Trophy, the William B. Campbell Trophy to the top scholar athlete and give out $18,000 scholarships to the other uh, 14 candidates for the Campbell Trophy. And um, it's just one of those nights where um, you say, this is, this, is, um, this is what we like about football. This is what makes football special. We're all together. We're all on one team in that night. And so people come from all around the country. Uh, it's, uh, it's been streamed or it's been on ESPN3. And uh, we get significant uh, people to be MCs and uh, just a lot of other things, a lot of videos. And um, it's just a time for all of us to get back together and, and salute the sport that we love. Yeah, what an event. The NFF's gold medals given out. Like you said, the National Scholar Athlete class, the Campbell Trophy, and the Hall of Fame class. Wow, it's fantastic. 18 first-team All-Americans, four legendary coaches, and we'll have more with the president and CEO of the National Football Foundation, Steve Hatchell, right after this. Welcome back to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith, and we have on the show Steve Hatchell, the president and CEO of the National Football Foundation and the College Football Hall of Fame Incorporated. Check out the website at footballfoundation.org and on Twitter at NFF Network. And I had a chance to interview a lot of College Football Hall of Famers and some of the greatest stories when they find out how they will be inducted. What was one of your most memorable reactions to a player getting the news? Well, we, we one of the ways that we do this, and the, the, I should say the way that we do this, is that um, we come out in the summer and everybody knows who the candidates are, but they don't know what happens after that. We have a, a public vote that uh, goes to the honors court, et cetera. And, all of the names uh, that get nominated for that particular year go to this. There's nine screening committees. Screening committees are made up of former coaches, former Hall of Famers, players, uh, et cetera. Uh, they then send in their top votes, and that puts a class of 75 together that goes to the honors court. The honors court meets in August, and they pick then the uh, 12 to 15 uh, players and the two to four coaches in any given year. Well, a player doesn't really know that he's been selected. So in August, when we put the group together, we then uh, don't do anything with it until January, right around the college football playoff. And um, the way you would find out is if you're Reggie Bush, you get a uh, FedEx box in, in delivered to your home. Hopefully they accept and, it. <laughs> and, yes. And in that, you don't know what it is, but it says, obviously, from the National Football Foundation, you open it up. And there's a football in there, and it, it and it says the National Football Foundation uh, congratulates you on your induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, December 5, 2023, and uh, it's got Archie's signature on it and mine, and um, and then a letter that goes with it that talks about what's coming up for the coming year. In this case, it'd be in 2024, but the stories that come up uh, on this are remarkable. Uh, some are very personal. Some mm. we've had it where uh, some guys would say that uh, they had just lost their job. Uh, they were wow. struggling on what the next what the next step was, and out of the clear blue, this football showed up, and it was the shot in the arm that they needed. And then they told some potential employers that 
you know, you, you don't know this about me. You know, I was a good football player, but I was just selected in the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, or uh, we've had it where a guy like Sam Cunningham, and we, was, Sam was, was just the most wonderful guy in the world. And he said when he got his football, he said, I wanted everybody to see it. So I took it out of the box. He said, I went to every house in the neighborhood and said, look what I got. <laughs> and he was Who's so that not going to or somebody's out there with a football. Just look, look what I just got. I'm in the college football. And um, but we, we, everybody has a different story. And um, we try to make it very personal because we want them to know that it's a really big deal to get in the College Football Hall of Fame. And we want you to have that uh, that moment. And um, But the, the stories are all different for everybody. Uh, we, we've had guys that would say that, uh, they, they got it at great moments in their life or in sad moments in their life. Mm. But that football always just raised them up. And so we feel really proud of the fact that uh, we've got a unique way, not, you know, not pounding on hotel doors and say, hey, you're in. This is our way of saying this is our Hall of Fame class. And um, uh, we love all that you did to, to make the game better. You made the game very, very special. And we're proud to get you in the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, it is so, so special. It, of the yeah, 5.62 million individuals who have played or coached college football since Princeton first battled Rutgers on November 6th, 1869, only 230 coaches have earned the right to be immortalized in the sport's ultimate shrine. And we have on the show Steve Hatchell, the president and CEO of the National Football Foundation and the College Football Hall of Fame Incorporated. Now, how do you continually push the envelope for the foundation? Well, I, um, you know, if you're passionate about just the mission of the Football Foundation, Chris, we, we like to be uh, the one thing I would say about our board, about our, our board of trustees, about our staff. Uh, we're, we're really passionate about the values of the game. And we, we, we've got some issues. We've had issues in the game, but they've been there since 1869. And our mission is to is to, to show that uh, the, there's so many great things about uh, football and we just feel like um uh, we have to continually push the envelope all of the time to say hey we're going to make a difference here and i hand it to our our staff that uh, we put out a document called football by the numbers and yes. um we you know the, the important thing on that is and people would say well uh it looks like football's got a, a problem this the school dropped the drop the football drop sport sport of football and we say well the fact of the matter is there are 774 colleges and universities and there are 63 that have added the sport since 2008 and more coming beginning in 2024 so yes there was one or two that would drop it and in some cases the university uh, ceased to exist anymore they just uh, uh, didn't keep their doors open and so the football program went away but there are more programs adding and and Everyone likes to get into the negative. You know, we live in a different day and time. Absolutely. We get into the negative. And we now, with facts and figures, we say, well, yes, you're right. There are some issues, but these are the good things to look at. And um, uh, put out graduation rates, put out the numbers that, yes, there's 81,000 to play in any given rate, but only point, uh, uh, 0.3 to 4% are going to get drafted or signed as a free agent to go in the NFL. So don't give us it 100 percent or trying to get in the NFL. They'd sure they'd like to do that. But there's very few that actually make it. And then very few that last more than 3.3 years. And they're going on to do other things. And it's our job 
uh, we feel to put a uh, to put a really great light on the lives of those who played the sport and are now out just being great leaders in this country in all walks of life. And you and the foundation definitely do that. Well, we talked a lot about awards. How about some you received in your career? The CU Hall of the Fame, the Burt McGrain Award, the Golden Anniversary Award. You were inducted in the College of Sports Information Directors of America's Hall of Fame. Recently honored as the 2022 Father of the Year in Dallas and National Football Foundation named its top high school team academic award, the Hatchell Cup, in your honor this year, too. 2023, you were inducted into the Bowl Season Leadership Hall of Fame. Did you think you would have this kind of career coming out of the University of Colorado with a journalism degree? <laughs> not really. And in fact, uh, no, no, no. And, uh, uh, you know, I, you don't know anybody that ha- has had more fun with all of this stuff than, uh, than me. And um, uh, I was a scout team quarterback manager on the football team when I was at Colorado. But again, I go back to our coaching staff was Eddie Crowder was the head coach, but we had Jim Mora was on that staff. Don James was on that staff. Jerry Claiborne was on that staff. And um, uh, so I got I got a great education at uh, 18, 19, 20 years of age. And then when I graduated, I was going to work for BBDO Advertising in New York. And um, uh, Eddie Crowder asked me to go to dinner with him. And uh, living in Boulder is not too tough, Chris. No, and not at said, all. A little Rocky Mountain High down there. Yeah, at, sure. You know, and he'd gotten a job at, as a head coach uh, at a young age, and we were pretty good. We were actually really good in that, that time frame, and, and I learned a lot. Anyway, we went through a lot of the key games, just the two of us, and I always loved my time with him. And he pulls out this sheet of paper, and he said, Hash, he said, um, I'm going to be named athletic director, head football coach and athletic director, which was the norm at the time. And I need you to stay. I need you to stay one year. Help me get uh, the, the guys I want on the staff here. And we can put a lot of things together for the future. Well, I thought you can go to New York or you can take one more year in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, one year became five, became a whole career in all of this. And so as I, as I said when we started, Chris, you don't know anybody that's been more blessed um, with being able to work with great people, great experiences than me. And uh, just I love all the people that um, I've had a chance to work with and just feel fortunate to be in, in the shadow of, of, of all of those people. So it's been great fun. and You just can't take yourself too serious on this. So I like that. Uh, old teammates remind you of all of that. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, yes, they do. <laughs> I love it. I love it when you get named to something. And the next thing you know, you, I get a flood up. How the hell did this happen? <laughs> and, uh, Everybody's getting replicas you know, of the Hatchell Cup in, the, in their household. Too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, did anybody ever see you play in high school? Well, all the anyway, words and accolades. Fun. Yeah, all the awards and accolades are well-deserved, that is for sure. The National Football Foundation is really the force for football to preserve the past, promote the present, prepare for the future, and protect the game. Check out the website, footballfoundation.org, and on Twitter at NFF Network. All right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Steve Hatchell, the president and CEO of the National Football Foundation and the College Football Hall of Fame Incorporated. First off, you met and interacted with so many college football legends. 
Was there a player or coach that you really wanted to meet? Um, you probably don't get starstruck too easy. Yeah, n- n- not too much. I really liked uh, uh, meeting so many people. There were, you know, if you um, if you keep your antenna up, as my dad said, have a sensitive antenna all of the time. You're going to learn from a lot of people, even the ones that you didn't think that you would necessarily like. And um, I, I just I watched, you know, when Bo Schembechler was on our honors court when I got here, he was no longer coaching, but I'd not been around him other than a, a long meeting one time. Um, I thought he was fascinating to talk to. Um, obviously, we all got to know Joe Paterno um, mm. of the era of the era. Now, I find talking to a Dabo Sweeney or. Um, and it's, it's, it's easy to talk about some that are really winning a, a, a lot of games, like take Nick, Nick Saban. But the thing about Nick is how hard he works at his job. Sure. Um, I don't think people you know, realize that he is, he is 24, seven, 365 on this job. And, uh, I know when we give him that trophy after he wins the national championship trophy, and I've been able to do it three times since I've been on this job, he can't wait to get done with that press conference the day after the game because he's got three or four homes of, of potential guys to, to visit with that day. <laughs> Getting ready for the next I mean, season. For the next put, season. Put this trophy down. I'm ready to go to the, the next one. That's exactly right. And um, But there have been some fabulous leaders, uh, like the Notre Dame guys, Father Hesburgh and Father Joyce, just their perspective on things. Um they they were uh, you just wanted to ask questions with them because you, you know if you're like me you get an you know you're thinking in terms of one two or three answers you talk to those people and you get an expansive answer you get a, an answer that um, makes you say well I I haven't I haven't thought about this in the proper way wow and um, so I, I I would it's a it, it's a very long list. Uh, I always come back to Chuck Ninus, uh, who was the commissioner of the Big Eight. He'd been at the NCAA office. Um, Chuck was a was a fabulous leader, and he created the College Football Association. And if people don't think they didn't have some impact, it was in 1984 that Georgia and Oklahoma uh, sued uh, and got a uh, Supreme Court ruling that the schools had their own rights and mm. uh, own television rights. And um, and why is that significant? Well, a lot of people felt, and it was controlled by the NCAA, and you might have one or two games on on a Saturday. Sure. And that was your television watching for yeah, not like you uh, have that now. whole week. And look at it now. And everyone had told Chuck, well, if you do this, <clears throat> you know, without any rules or whatever, it's not going to work. People aren't going to watch television. It'll dilute <laughs> the money. Well, fast forward from 1984 to 2023. Uh, those people can no longer say that. And I think the game has really benefited by increased money, by increased uh, television exposure, and it's made the game better. Absolutely. And there were several other things that, that the College Football Association did. And um, and, it, and it was um, you know, it was just one of those uh, forerunners of, of how you think and do some things. And I wish that they were around right now with all of the issues that we have that we're dealing with right now. Um, because it would be fun to sit down with like-minded people and say, okay, how, how are we going to do this? Um, there's no way we're going back. You can't stand still. So how are we going to deal with this in the future? So uh, Chuck, is, Chuck is one of those, Chris, that I put in my top list of, uh, of people to know and to work with. Yes. 
sounds like a slew of pioneers. And you mentioned uh, Nick Saban, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. You're entrenched in college football 24-7. Is there any other sport or hobby you enjoy? I used to do all of the all of the different things, uh, golf. Um, I've always been really big on skiing. Really? Um, skiing big yep, in Texas? Uh, <laughs> well, when you grow up in Colorado, it is. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, definitely. Take, take some and, trips back um, to Colorado. Yeah, I haven't. I I haven't done that. Uh, my my, I can literally tell you, my knees are gone. And so, um, one of my boys is a great snowboarder. And um, mm. I'm going to say maybe ten or twelve years ago, Chris, I went with him, put on some skis, and you know, I grew up doing it in Colorado when I was you know seven or eight years old. And I take off going down this hill, and I hadn't been doing my sit ups or my running, and. I'm going down this hill like I was 18 years old. <laughs> no poles, you just know, going crazy. Down. Sudden, oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, you're going, what the hell are you doing? You know, you know you're falling not. Right. now is a little bit different than falling back in the day. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, when you're when you're young like that, you fall and you bounce up all in the same motion. Now Absolutely. when you fall in this one, they're bringing the sled down all off the mountain. So. <laughs> I'll be in um, the lodge, not on the double diamonds. That's right. That's exactly right. So uh, those are the big things. And now that um, I have grandchildren, uh, I get to spend an awful lot of time with them. And uh, that's become a that's become a passion that um, you get to deal with. And and they live in Dallas, so I get to see them oh, all perfect. the time. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. All right. That's and great. Finally, I'm a foodie. What is your go-to place for Texas barbecue or steak? Or is there another food item I'm missing? No. Um, uh, so two things. A great, great Mexican restaurant in Dallas is uh, Fernando's. There's two of them, one in Richardson and one uh, just a little bit north of, of Highland Park, Fernando's. And my uh, the steak place, and it's the sponsor of the Hatcho Cup, is uh, Bob's Steak and Chop House. Ooh. And... Uh, uh, Bob's is terrific. Uh, anybody that, uh, is in Dallas or around there knows that Bob's is terrific. And the fun part of that, Chris, is that before there was a Bob steak and chop house, the guy who created it, Bob Samble, uh, was in Miami, Florida, ran a restaurant called, uh, the Rusty Pelican on Key Biscayne. And, uh, I got to know him when I was the executive director of the Orange Bowl and I would send teams over for big dinner events at the rusty pelican oh wow it's a great view it's a great view back into the city and all of that well anyway he comes to dallas uh he, he, he creates this restaurant with del frisco and um and then i got the job as the southwest conference commissioner moved to dallas and we reconnected there you go and, um, he's like are you following me in my food <laughs> exactly that's exactly right and um so uh those are those are those are two great restaurants if you if you're going to do the if you're going to do the uh uh mexican tex-mex and then the steak you can't beat it sounds fantastic the stamp of approval and we've been speaking with steve hatchell the president and ceo of the national football foundation and the college football hall of fame incorporated thanks for joining me again steve well uh, very very it's a it's a treasure to hear from you i really appreciate it Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.